corset instead of a belt, a rope instead of a well-set hair, a plucked out scalp. <laughs> I just, I imagine somebody with bad edges, honestly. God was mad, mad. That's what God was doing in the scripture. He, he was mad, mad. <laughs> I am Sheree. And I'm Keisha. And welcome to Crooked, Tilted, and Transformed, where we explore the topic of emotional trauma, baggage, and how to be transformed by the renewing of our minds through a Christ-centered perspective. If you're feeling lost, stuck, or unsure of how to move forward, if you tried every way but the way, truth, and life, you're in the right place. On this podcast, we'll be sharing stories, practical tips, and biblical insights to help you navigate the difficult waters of emotional healing and find hope in the midst of your struggles. We believe that with God's help, we can all be transformed and find healing and restoration in our lives. So join us on this journey as we seek to grow closer to Christ and experience the freedom and transformation that only He can bring. Welcome to the Love Is series on Crooked, Tilted, and Transformed. In this series, we will be diving deep into the meaning of love as it is defined in God's Word. As it says in 1 John 4 and 8, God is love and it is through His love that we are able to understand and embody true love in our own lives. This episode is part two of the series where we will be exploring how jealousy, boastfulness, and arrogance plays a role in our inability to love others and ourselves. Join us as we use scripture and the word of God to guide us on this journey of understanding and becoming more like Christ in the way we love. Love is not jealous. Um, Definition of jealous means feeling or showing envy of someone, uh, of their achievements or and their their advantages. Jealous can also mean feeling or showing suspicion of someone's unfaithfulness in a relationship or fiercely being protective of or vigilant of one's rights or possessions. Jealous synonyms include resentful, intolerant, envious, suspicious, possessive, And this is also the third word that is a synonym having to do with tolerance. In the first Love Is episode, uh, where we spoke about patience and kindness, we discussed tolerance using Romans chapter 14. You can check that out if you want to hear more about that. But today, I want to look at the synonym possessive. Because one might be thinking, if God is love, which is found in 1 John chapter 4, verses 8, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So someone might be thinking, if God is love and if love is not jealous, then why does it say in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, for you shall not worship any other God because the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. To understand that more, you have to understand and believe, first of all, that God has all authority, all of it. If you don't believe that, if you don't understand that first and foremost, then the conversation is over. Like there's there's nothing more to discuss. He is righteously jealous. 
God speaks with Job in the book of Job, chapter 38 through uh, through 41. And you can read about some of, of God's authority there. But I want to take a moment and read Job chapter 40, verses 1 through 14. It says, the Lord said to Job, will you, uh, will the fault finder contend with the almighty? Let him who rebukes God give an answer. Then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am insignificant. What can I say in response to you? I, I put my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not reply or, or twice and I will add nothing more. But then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind and said, now tighten the belt on your waist like a man. I will ask you and you instruct me. Will you really nullify my judgment? Will you condemn me so that you may be justified? Or do you have an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with pride and dignity and clothe yourself with honor and majesty. Let out your outburst of anger and look at everyone who is arrogant and humble him. He says it twice, y'all. Verse 11 and verse 12, he says, look at everyone who is arrogant and humble him and trample down the wicked where they stand. Hide them together in the dust. Imprison them in the hidden place. Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. Now, just some a, a bit of backstory. If you don't know about Job, Job is a man that suffered, y'all. He he lost everything, save for his wife. He lost ten children. She and 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 to be fair, she did too. All at once, boom, died. He lost all his servants. He lost all his livestock, all his, anything that was considered wealth. He lost that. He lost his health. Satan took that away from him in order to get him to basically just curse God and die. And he didn't, but he did. He was angry and he was confused about why this was happening to him as we all would be if something like that happened and we were we were doing our best to follow God. And I can go into all that story. That is a whole, whole, you know, other conversation to have. But basically God is saying, who are you? You are the creation. I am the creator. So God made us, y'all. He, he did not make us from procreation like we do, but God is the initial creator. We are God's design. He has the full rights to claim his possession. We are created to be God's, to be his. That's like you creating something, you creating a song, uh, some poetry, a a piece of art, and someone telling you, your your art, your song, you know, being able to tell you, your, your poem, being able to tell you, no, I'm not going to serve the purpose that you have created me for. Like, really? So in Isaiah chapter 43, verse one, it says, God, uh, sorry, Jacob, the Lord created you, Israel, he made you. And now he says, don't be afraid. I saved you. I named you. You are mine. Y'all, there's so much more to go into here, like jealousy and marriage and how the marriage bond is used within scripture for us to understand, engage the context of the great love God has for us. Some main antonyms of jealous are calm and content, undoubting, unworried, confident, satisfied, trusting, resentful. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, it says, For even though they knew God, 
They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasonings and senseless and their senseless hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible god for an image in the form of a corruptible of corruptible mankind of birds four-footed animals and crawling creatures it's a wonder that god loves us and continually invites us to be his because he knows y'all he knows that we are unfaithful to him we are in that that you know that bond that covenant with him and he already knows that we're going to be unfaithful yet God continues to protect our right to eternal life and access to his love jealousy in the context of God's relationship with the church should not be confused with the negative form of jealousy described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where it says that love is not jealous in the context of God's love jealousy refers to a zealous passion for what is right and holy rather than eat rather than envy or covetedness okay the key difference is that God's jealousy for his people is motivated by his love and desire for a close and intimate relationship with his creation his thing his his possession while worldly jealousy is motivated by selfishness and a lack of love. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37 through 39, it says, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So y'all, we should be living calmly, be content and doubting and unworried, unbothered. Y'all, we should be confident that God is holding us down and we need to trust in his matchless grace. We, sh- we don't need to be, we don't need to be jealous of others. We need to lift them up just as God has done for us. One that I had looked up or one that I was studying was Proverbs 27 and 4, where it talks about the power of jealousy. Um, well, at least that's what I got from it, because it says, um, Proverbs 27 and 4, Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? And I think that really speaks to the power of jealousy or how strong it is, because it talks about you know, wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. Those are very powerful things. But then it goes on to say, but who can stand before jealousy? Um, I love the book of Proverbs. Just, you know, they call it the book of wisdom. Um, so I like to draw a lot of my scriptures from Proverbs just because of that. Proverbs fourteen thirty. And it says, a tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. Um, I think that speaks to the power, or not to the power, but the effects of jealousy. Um, Another one, going back to the New Testament, that that I felt spoke to the result of jealousy. James 4 and 2. Um, another one of my verses, I can't say it's my favorite. It's just another verse that I really like. And it says, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. 
You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Um, especially when speaking when about what love is, um, or like you said in this one, what lo- love is not jealous. Yeah, absolutely, it fits. Um, it, it really makes me think of when you, you say the results the result of jealousy it makes me think of uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 verses 30 through 32 when it says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption and in 31 it says all bitterness wrath anger clamor clamor is shouting yelling um, you know that that type of uh, angry um, speaking toward one another and slander must be removed from you along with all malice be kind to one another. There we go with kind, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Uh, so when you, that that result of envy, that result of, of jealousy brings up those feelings of bitterness, wrath and anger, clamor, um, actions of slander and, and, and feelings of, of malice. And that's yeah, what absolutely. I draw from that chapter in James, James 3 and 14. But if you have bitter jealousy, and selfish ambition on your heart do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth and again that just goes back to what it's saying here in chapter in first corinthians chapter 13 and 4 about you know love is not jealous and does not brag and is not arrogant so yeah love does not brag or boast right some some versions say boast um, and, and to, to brag means to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. Some brag synonyms include boast, right? And just mentioned that swagger, show off, seeing one's own praises and pride. So I want to look at the synonym pride and being prideful. Y'all, there's so much to unpack with pride. I'm going to save that for a course. I'm going to save that for a course. But, you know, in today's society, being prideful is 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 praised. It's something to be achieved and actively demonstrated. I want to look at God's view of pride and why in God's eyes it is not dem- it does not demonstrate love, like not at all. <laughs> in James chapter 4 verse 4 through 6, it says, "You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God?" Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose, he jealously desires the spirit whom he has made to dwell in us, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So there you see again that his jealous desire of the spirit whom he he made to dwell or created to dwell in us, right? And Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19, it says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who declares lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. If you look at verse 17, that word haughty, uh, as in haughty eyes, that word means disdainfully proud or arrogant, to be snobbish, to be exalted, right? God hates pride. 
In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than our than yourselves. When you act in a prideful manner, you cannot act in humility, nor can you value anyone above yourself. Pride requires that you value value yourself and your cares above all others. And, and I see that. Like I see that in, in you know, nationalist people who are really like prideful of the the, the, the flag, the United States, like they, they hold the flag in dear esteem. And it's nothing wrong with being grateful that you have freedom, right? Being grateful that you have freedoms, especially to worship God. Some countries don't have that, but I see people taking that to extreme to where they do not value others they don't consider one another as more important than themselves because it's all about their rights their possessions what they can do for their themselves and their family forget others some main antonyms of brag boast are humility modesty depreciation all of which are frowned upon in the world Um, however to god it is love humility, modesty, depreciation. We should do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly, y'all. Not be prideful, not be boastful, not braggarts. Welcome to the Love Is series on Crooked, Tilted, and Transformed. If you're just joining us, I'm Cherie. And I'm Keisha. And in this series, we are deep diving into the meaning of love as it is defined in God's word so we can truly understand and embody true love in our own lives. So when it came to this one, um, it just made me think of like the um, the super, I guess you would call them the super Christians, uh, the ones who tend to brag or boast about themselves and how righteous they are. And I use that loosely, um, but it just it made me think of that and so some scriptures that came to mind when i thought of that was let me get to it james 4 and 16. it says first corinthians 1 and 31 in regards to boastful christians or how some uh, people who call themselves again because you know i'm leery about using that term but some people who call themselves Christians, how they boast in their own righteousness. And in first Corinthians one and 31, it says it's 31, but I have to go back to 30 just to make sure I'm putting it in the right context. But it says, um, but by his doing, you are in Christ. You became to us who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written let him who boasts boast in the lord and in that scripture it's it's saying that you know that we need to be boasting or speaking highly of jesus and his sacrifice not the sacrifices of ourselves or or what we feel are our self-sacrifices um and then i want to go back to James, because it it talks about boasting in that chapter, but that's more of, um, and I am really trying to get out of the habit of doing it, where we talk about, you know, 
oh, well, I'm going to go do this and this. And we can say that it's not bragging. And I'm sure most of the time when we speak on it, we don't intend it to be bragging. Um, But it is kind of a boastful thing, Um, especially when we're speaking to other people about our plans. And yes, it's excitement. So I try when I tell people of my plans, I try and add if the Lord wills behind it, because I don't want it to be like, I don't want to rely solely on my will or my plans. I really want my plans to be within the will of God. And so if we're doing that, one of the scriptures, um, James 4, 16 says, and again, I'm going to go back because I want to put it in proper context. Mm, no, let's go back to 14. So James 4, 14 through 16. So it says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil and so in this scripture it says that when we um but it's like boasting in our own plans or our own our own wants or wills um the bible says that all such boasting is evil you know we need to make sure that what we are planning is in alignment with god and his will love is not arrogant and arrogant uh is defined as making claims or pretensions to superior importance or right, overbearingly assuming, uh, instantly proud, as characterized by or proceeding from arrogance or a sense of superiority, self-importance or entitlement. Uh, The word privilege comes to mind when I'm reading that definition. Um, Some arrogant synonyms include aloof, bossy, cavalier, cocky, haughty, imperious, pompous, presumptuous, pretentious, mug, vain. Uh, Haughty means proud, and so arrogance goes hand in hand um, with what we just spoke about in regards to boastfulness. Um, I want to look at the synonym insolent, uh, which is what some versions get the word rude from, and rude uh, has that synonym of blunt, And I want to simply talk about bluntness because uh, this one has been a challenge for me. Being blunt with how I feel has been something that I came to like about myself uh, because lying is such a trigger for me. If you if you lie to me, that's that is a huge trigger. So now I I am overtly honest to a fault uh, because I never want anyone to feel like I felt when you know, I was was lied to repeatedly or feel like they have to lie to keep the peace with me. Something that I felt I had to do a lot when I was younger. So I, I never knew bluntness or, or bluntness was a synonym or synonymous with rude. And so there's many, there were so many aha moments happening when I was doing the study. The dictionary defines being blunt as being discourteous or impolite, especially in a deliberate way, uh, being rough in manners or behavior, unmannerly, uncouth. Uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. It says, If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, 
I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Meaning it doesn't matter if you know how to communicate with words. If you don't lead with love or empathy, y'all, no one will listen. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, it states, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. In today's culture, providing a soft answer uh, or not clapping back when you've been offended, insulted, etc., is frowned upon. It's, it's taken as weakness, but really it's a sign of strength and wisdom. In Titus chapter 3, verse 2, to slander no one, not to be contentious, to be gentle, showing every consideration for all people. So does not speaking evil involve, um, you know, maybe not telling the truth because it hurts someone to hear the truth? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, and then verse 25, it says this. Verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ. And in verse 25, it says, therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. So we need to tell the truth all of the time. But of course, with love, with tact, right? Some antonyms of of blunt are uh, kind and nice, polite, tactful lengthy uh, so we want to we want to speak the truth in a way that can be received um it's interesting to note that some of the antonyms for blunt contradict one uh, each other one of those uh antonyms i didn't mention before is is devious right uh it may be because you don't want to be as truthful you want to kind of soften the blow um but devious and kind love is kind it's not devious or deceitful Right. So it's important to be kind, polite and tactful in our actions and words. Now, even though there's a 100 percent chance that we will not agree on everything, but being honest about it and leading with love and empathy is the best place to start. 100 percent. So I I wonder in my case, if I've used bluntness, maybe in the past as a defense mechanism, I'd usually think like, Okay, this person is not going to like what I say, even if it is true. So even if it's because even if it's because I care and I say it, they don't like it, then I would just on purpose, I would say in a way that would make sense for me for the relationship to end. Right. So they would they would end the relationship because of how I said it, not because of what I said. And and I'm definitely uh, working on that. So got some inner work to do on this one. Um, how about you, Keisha? Uh, your thoughts about um, arrogance. I like the synonym that you used um, the for um, for a dishonest or rude. I think it was rude. It was um, devious. Devious. I like that one. Um, I don't like it per se, but <laughs> I like it in regards to some scriptures that I was looking at. Um, one of the scriptures was proverbs 25 14 and it says like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely um i think that speaks very very much so um or that scripture speaks very much so of being um devious or deceptive being devious like he's he's falsely speaking 
of of the gifts that he has and again it says right there in proverbs 25 14 um like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts in his boast of his gifts falsely i like that example of devious use along with boasting it makes me think of like fish stories you know when people go fishing and you know they're bragging about how big of a catch they they uh, made or the size of the fish that they had to battle and usually it always the fish always gets bigger and bigger and bigger the catch always gets bigger and bigger and bigger more uh, extravagant more exorbitant um so i really i really like that example here in james um 3 and 14 it speaks on all those jealousy arrogant and boastful you know it's But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Um, The wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Um, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. Welcome to the Love Is series on Crooked, Tilted, and Transformed. If you're just joining us, I'm Cherie. And I'm Keisha. And in this series, we are deep diving into the meaning of love as it is defined in God's word so we can truly understand and embody true love in our own lives. Uh, that was Jay Pierre's Christian remix of Be Humble, something that I think really goes with what we're discussing right now, and that is uh, bragging and arrogance along with jealousy. So in Genesis chapter 29, starting at verse 31, and we're going to read through uh, chapter 30, verse 22. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved and he opened her womb, but Rachel was unable to have children. Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simon. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Chapter 30. Now when Rachel saw that she had not born Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or else I am going to die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel. And he said, am I in the place of God? who has withheld withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, here's my female slave, Bilhah. I have relations with her that she may give birth on my knees so that by her, I too may obtain a child. Verse four. So she gave him her slave Bilhah as a wife and Jacob had relations with her and Bilhah conceived and bore, bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicted me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. 
Now, whenever I think, the first thing when I think about Rachel and Leah, <laughs> I always think about Leah being, being jealous of Rachel because Jacob loved, loved, loved Rachel. And it says that God saw that Leah was unloved. He saw that. So, you know, if he saw it, I know she felt it, right? And, and of course, the, the times that she's having the children, well, maybe God, I mean, maybe my husband will see me this time, this time, this time, this time. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think about Leah being jealous. That's possible. That probably is the truth in that, that she is jealous because Rachel is loved by Jacob and she wants to be loved by Jacob. It states that Rachel is jealous of Leah having all these children, right? In in verse in chapter 30, verse 1, now when Rachel saw that she had not born Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. Um, and what I see happening here is that this jealousy is a doorway for sin to come into this 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 uh whole this union, right? Um Jacob ends up having, you know, additional children by these, uh, by his wives' slaves. So he's going out extramarital relations to have more children because these women are competing with one another for affection, for they're making this a contest. So, it, you know, jealousy really does, it breeds a sinful behavior. It breeds sinful behavior. Your thoughts? So honestly, I kind of struggled with this, um, with the story of Rachel and Leah, as far as jealousy, um, you could view Leah as being jealous, but then I question: was she jealous or was she just seeking love? And yes, jealousy sprouted out of that search for love. Um, it, it doesn't sit with me as jealousy like I read it as if I'm sitting there watching them and Leah wasn't I wouldn't have viewed Leah as jealous initially okay let me say that I wouldn't have viewed I wouldn't have viewed Leah as jealous initially when the children start coming in yes I saw the jealousy I could see the jealousy um with Rachel being jealous of Leah because she was um, bearing all these children and then Leah stopped bearing and then Rachel started bearing and then yes there was jealousy in that um, and no that's not what love is and it did cause a lot of discourse between the sisters um, like we said before it was just looking for love in all the wrong places and because they were looking for love in all the wrong places they sprouted all the on the fruits of the flesh instead of fruits of the spirit and because they did that it how it affected their lives it's just it was a constant battle it was if there was never really any peace between the two of them which is so sad to think that there's no peace between sisters. So and instead of just one woman in particular, I wanted to read about the arrogance of women 
of Judah. Uh, we can find that in Isaiah chapter three, verse 16 through 26. And uh, so it starts off, it says, moreover, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are, ha- are haughty and walk with heads held high and seductive eyes and go along with menacing steps and jingle the anklets on their feet, the Lord will flick the scalp of the daughters of Zion with scabs and the Lord will make their foreheads bare. On that day, the Lord will take away the beauty of their anklets, headbands, crescent ornaments, dangling earrings, bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle chains, sashes, perfume boxes, amulets, finger rings, nose rings, festive robes, outer garments, shawls, purses, papyrus garments, undergarments, headbands, and veils. I mean, like, y'all, he just took it all. Okay, keep, keep going. Now it will come about that instead of balsam or balsam oil, <laughs> there will be a stench. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a robe of sackcloth and branding instead of beauty. Your men will fall by the sword and your mighty ones in battle and her gates will lament and mourn and she will sit deserted, deserted on the ground. I'm going to get it out. Okay, so I mean, first of all, uh, what's happening here is, you know, Judah is Jerusalem and Judah, uh, they are being punished uh, for their their lack of uh, obedience <laughs> uh, to God. God got, he just got tired, right? He, he, he was like, you know, uh, in verse nine of, of chapter three, uh, it says the expression of their faces testifies against them and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them. For they have done evil to themselves. So, you know, God is, is judging these people. And, um, you know, one of the things that these women, they were arrogant about their possessions, about their beauty, and not really uh, focused on the inward beauty, um, you know, about pleasing God and um, uh, loving one another in a way that God is wanting uh, so he strips them of what they're arrogant about. Anyway, your thoughts? God was mad, mad. You know, they say they like you're it's another level when you have to repeat it twice. That's what it that's what God was doing in the scripture. He he was mad, mad. Cause he, he talked about he my favorite part or my favorite scripture, where was it? My favorite verse was twenty-four. No, it will come about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be perfectionist. Per, per I don't know how to say that word, but it said instead of a belt, a rope, instead of a well-set hair, a plucked out scalp. I had to laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I laughed at that part. I just, I imagine somebody with bad edges, honestly, but it it like made me understand the severity because women's hair is considered to be their crown. Um, but, um, so the thought that a woman seeing her hair, um, like holding her hair up high and then God's like, no, I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to give you a plucked out scalp. Yeah. Cause it says right here, it says, um, does not even, I'm sorry. It's first Corinthians 11 and 14. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him. But if a woman 
has long hair. It is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But yeah, I just really, I really liked that part of that scripture. But yes, God was definitely mad. He, um, because they were so proud, it's like, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that we shouldn't be proud. You know, we shouldn't be boastful or bragging because the Lord gave us everything that we have and just how he gave us everything we have, he can take everything we have away. And I think that is very important. Um, to me, that is very important. And it it is just, it's further solidified in Isaiah 3, 16 through 26. Thank you for joining our episode and leave us some comments uh, about what you thought about the podcast. Be, be nice. Be gentle. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> Remember, this is a Christian. This is a Christian podcast. <laughs> Are you struggling with emotional baggage or trauma that is holding you back from living a full and healthy life? Then it's time to take action. Visit our website to learn more about how our Christ-centered teachings and trainings, along with additional support from a multi-certified Christian life coach and a like-minded community, can help you find freedom and healing. Don't let your past struggles dictate your future any longer. Take the first step towards a brighter tomorrow and visit us now. Click the link to our website for more information. Did you enjoy our show? If so, take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. We publish every two weeks and look forward to you joining us for our next episode. This podcast was created by Cherie Kamen. It was produced and recorded by Cherie Kamen, researched by Lakeisha Awafeso and Cherie Kamen, and edited by Cherie Kamen. Crooked, Tilted, and Transformed is a product of Creative Call Marketing.